I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. I do this day in and day out oh. all night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They talking junk. So you know we got to put them to sleep. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in, day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Debbie Royale. There is no one with a better intro than us. It is the draft extravaganza. Jeff's really testing my teacher ability to speak on that one. Uh, but we are <laughs> we made it draft week, boys and girls. And, we, and we're here and we're excited to get here. Um, I cannot wait for the narratives to be over. I can't wait for all the hot takes to be over. Let's got, get into this. Before we get started on what we're going to do today, we're going to go through all the odds. We're going to give you a bunch of bunch of great picks to make a bunch of money. And we're going to be talking about prop bets, parlays, all over there. Um, just, Jeff, how are you feeling this week about draft week? How, how, you just wrote a mock. How's that mock looking? Did Christian wrote a mock too? I'm the only loser that didn't write a mock. I would rip it apart right now if I had the option to with the information that, you know, I, I think that I, it is smokescreen season, but looking through these gambling odds and, and the storylines that are kind of emerging now, I think for the first time really in this process, things are really rounding into clarity. And even from last week, I think that we kind of have a different view on some things. And, and so you know, I, I feel better than I felt last week on how I feel like where things are going. Um, and I don't like where I felt last week, how things are going. But, you know, I did a lot of work on that and and I'm still proud of the product that I put out. I ran through a lot of scenarios there and, and still some things that it's definitely worth reading on football guys. And, and Christian is fantastic as well on his and, and reading his on his stub stack as well. You can still learn a ton about this draft and, and a lot of the guys that are going to go in the first couple of rounds and educate yourself there um, but I do feel different about how it's going to shake out of the top but Christian how are how are you feel like yours is holding up oh very poorly you know I I kind of I tweeted out that I, I really want to do an actual final mock draft because I've never done one a week before and said this is the last one and, and I didn't feel like I would be comfortable with it but I was also so tired of writing mocks that was my sixth one this year <laughs> Uh, I'm ready. I'm working on a 2023 mock that'll drop next week. So uh, that'll be at the Substack as well. But yeah, I pretty much uh, want to trash the first 10 ish picks. Like I still believe in some of the picks that I threw in there, but number one overall, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. That's the, the thing that changes everything. And really, yeah. if I were to change what I were going to do in, in my mock, it would just be shift some of the edge rushers around. Um, because I think that that is going to be the thing that changes from what we thought a week ago. Uh, and you know, some odds have shifted and, and some perspective on some of these teams and, and what they're kind of looking for are finally coming to light, which is a good thing because this has been the most ambiguous pre-draft, uh, season that I can remember. I, I don't recall, you know, I think Baker Mayfield's draft was the first year that, or the last year that we didn't know who the number one overall pick would be, but we knew what position it would be. Even to this day, we don't know what position uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go with at number one overall. So uh, it's exciting. I'm yeah. very, very excited for, for Thursday night. That's for sure. Well, let's jump into it. Let's talk about the pick pick number one odds. Let's let's look at this. Uh, Trayvon Walker is at minus 190. He is the new favorite. And that happened what Monday. Uh, and then you have Aiden Hutchinson, 225. Equam Equanu plus four fifty and an Evan Neo at plus twenty five hundred. Uh I really it's Walker Hutchinson, right? Like in my I feel like it's there. 
I just had one, uh, you know, I just did a football guys real quick prop bet article today for some fun. I still went Aiden because I don't trip Balky's a moron. And, and, I, and it feels like, I don't know. I, it just feels like Hutchinson could still be the pick here. I know Walker's favorite. I know that's a real thing there. I just, I have a hard time putting Walker at the one one I know Christian's with me on that. Like, is it weird seeing Walker there? Yeah. Yeah. So when I first evaluated Trayvon Walker as strictly an edge rusher, he came out with a, not a first round grade. I, I didn't think he was a first round edge rusher on tape. Now, People are going to bet on the athleticism. They're going to bet on the raw tools. But the problem is we don't – we see a lot of physical traits. But even then, like I, we were talking pre-show, you can't win in the NFL if you don't have bend. And right now, Trayvon Walker doesn't have bend despite being that athletic. I think that's a problem, but it's exactly – so to your point, Trent Balky is an idiot. And I think that that is actually what drives the odds shifting. I know. I, I do think there is an outside shot that they go with Equanu because the rumor is that Doug Peterson is super into the idea of taking an offensive tackle with this pick, and Balky is not. Balky is trying to save his job, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. They did like a soft reboot of what the Jaguars were last year uh, by keeping Balky, and and that's I think going to be the problem. But the the word on the street is that bulky is terrible to work with and work for. And so I think if he wants to buy the good graces of his new head coach that he doesn't even deserve, he he does not deserve uh, to have a coach as, as smart as, as Doug is. So I, I think if he's trying to buy the the good graces that Aquanu could still be the outside, outside pick. I, I don't know. I, Jeff, what, what do you think is going to happen? I guess with the, the number one overall pick. What really comes down to it sounds like like you mentioned, Balky's on Walker, um, Peterson's on Aquanu, and the ownership Khan wants Hutchinson. And uh, you know, part of me is wondering, like, if you're the owner and you're feeling strongly, I understand you want to allow your guys to do their job, but you know, it's it's one of those things that um, if you're if you're feeling strongly in one direction and you're the owner of the franchise and you're not even sure, I still don't understand how Balky won out over Byron Leftwich and whatever else happened there. That seems strange completely. Um, I I have a hard time going to Quanu just because there's the, the talk there came out talk today about uh, the long term deal potentially with Cam Robinson. So if you're locking in your long term left tackle, I I just don't see you taking a right tackle or a, a left guard with the one on one. You just don't really make that move. And I know that the value of right tackle has increased and and they've moved pass rushers around. And you really want to get two bookends now that can pass protect versus like ha- how it used to be having a big road grader at right tackle. And so yeah, that that value has increased. But I, I you just don't see franchises make that move. Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it just seems strange to me that it would be Walker again uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. You know, I went a big gap between doing mocks. Like I did one in February and then I took two months off basically from doing anything like that. And I think on my first mock, I had Walker, yeah, like borderline fringe first round pick. So the fact that he could go one on one is crazy to me. Um, but I, I don't know. You, you know, we talked about pre-show potential smoke screens at the 101, but like, why would you be smoke screening that pick? That seems strange to me. And, and there's just, I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. And, and the reality of it is there are things in life that I've just learned at this point in my life, not to ask why, try to make sense of it, but to just realize that it's going to be a thing that I don't understand. And the Jacksonville Jaguars currently with Trent Balky are a thing that I don't understand. And so yeah, it, it seems like Walker's going to be the pick. Like if I were to making the bet here, you know, that's where I'd be going. So really quickly on the, the one-on-one smoke screen, I think what it could be is that they know that either the Texans or the lions are all the way in on Walker and they're trying to yeah. throw some bait out for them and say like, we are taking this guy. He is now the favorite for a reason you have to come get him if you want him, but also we're bluffing and we're still going to take Aiden. Like, I, I think that could be a scenario that, but as of right now, that all signs are pointing to Trayvon. 
That's what I was thinking when I wrote my thing. I said, you know what? Maybe the, they're looking for a trade back or something like that, and they're trying to because there's no one that wants to trade up for that pick. If they can, Balky's dumb enough to try to create this interest that's not really there. Um, I don't know how he still has a job. I, I, I truly, truly don't. Like I, I don't know. So your pick here is Walker, Jeff. Yeah, but you do mention that. I wonder if the Jets are the team that loves Walker because it does oh, kind yeah. of seem like um, you look at Robert Sala, what he's kind of done on his defense traditionally. Walker kind of has those traits on what he's kind of looked for in, in a defensive edge, and he probably recognizes he's not going to be there. And if the Jaguars are in the position where they're really fine with any one of four guys, I mean, that's kind of where you would want to fall back to to maximize getting the most that you can out of this pick. Um, you know, I, I did a show with a Jaguars fan last night and, and I, I kind of feel bad for Jaguars fans because you know, this, this is just really poor luck to get the one-on-one in this class. And after having Trevor, Trevor Lawrence last year, they'd be in position. If there was a quarterback in this class, they could reshape their entire franchise with, with a quarterback package, being able to move back, being able to get multiple future first round picks uh, in Trevor Lawrence's rookie window. And so, so the fact that you're really just stuck on this pick, like I, I do feel bad for Jaguars fans in that regard. Yeah, but if you're a Jaguar fan, I don't feel that bad for you. All right, let's go to pick number two. So that's like a here, the Lions. Uh, so then that brings us to this. So Aiden Hutchinson's a fit two, uh, minus 200. He's the favorite of this. Kevin Kavon Thibodeau, plus 275. Walker's at plus 500 based on him going first overall. And then Amai Gardner sitting there at plus 1,800, which that's a interesting uh, – that's an interesting line for him because I think that he's been shooting up boards. I, I couldn't imagine a month ago we were talking about Gardner being like, yeah, he could be a top five guy, but damn it, here he is, and and, and we're seeing it. Um, what do we think of the Lions? Obviously, if Hutchinson's there, that feels like a slam dunk, right? Or is Thibodeau that – is there a case to be made that, that Kayvon could maybe jump him? I can't imagine them passing on Hutchinson if he's on the board. There's just way too much uh, local ties there, those ties that, you know, you really bring the fan base in on that pick. And Hutchinson, like, bottom line, it just seems like a Dan Campbell knee-biter that Campbell feels like would be absolutely in love with adding Hayden Hayden Hutchinson to his defense, to his locker room. And so I can't imagine passing there. The Gardner thing is interesting to me because, you know, Brad Holmes coming out from the Rams, he was there when they made the move to get Jalen Ramsey. And so in my mind, like that would be the thought that Gardner would be essentially your Jalen Ramsey in your defense. But I I think they need to nail in some pass rush before they really kind of go that direction, especially with the edges that are here. Um, But again, if Hutchinson's on the board, I have to believe he's going to be the pick. Yeah, for what it's worth, they already have their Jalen Ramsey uh, because Jeff Okuda is going to be back, and I still think he's really freaking talented. Um, yes. And people forget that, and maybe the Lions aren't as in on that because this regime didn't take him, but, man, you watch his He's one of the best corner prospects I've ever scouted in my yeah. in my years doing this. But, yeah, it, with regard to this pick, I think there are two worlds, and the world that I initially mocked last week was Aiden at one, Kayvon at two. I don't think that it's the Lions that are in on Trayvon Walker because they already have edge rushers that are kind of like him in that they set the edge and they do good things in in run support, but they don't have the guys that are kind of going to pin their ears back and get to the pass or get to the quarterback. Kayvon does that. Uh, so if if number one is Aiden, then number two is Kayvon, in my opinion, and I think that's like locked in. But if number one is Trayvon, I do think that number two would probably be Aiden Hutchinson because of those reasons, because, um, you know, they need guys like Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I would take I would take Thibodeau over both of these guys, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. I I did. I wanted to sneak in a tweet. I don't think I sent it because I didn't just I just didn't feel like arguing with people, but. I wouldn't be shocked if Kayvon Thibodeau is the number one overall pick. I know his odds are crazy right now. But even Kayvon, he did an interview with Andrew Siciliano earlier, I think today or yesterday, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he met with the Jaguars and then they went silent. And we've seen that in prospects before where they don't hear from the team that is absolutely picking them until draft night. And so I could see it happening. Overall, though, like if I'm betting on this, I'm betting on Aiden Hutchinson to be the picket too because I do think that Balky's an idiot. So. 
Well, but you do bring up a point there with a team going silent on a prospect because we know the Lions were hands-on Malik Willis at the Senior Bowl, and they had a lot of positive things to say coming out of the Senior Bowl, and they've been dead quiet, completely off him since then. So, you know, that that's an interesting point that if you're going to talk about that, that and, you know, not having the one number one overall pick, you know, that would be a position that if you are in on Malik Willis and you've you're hands on with him in the senior bowl, you've you he checked all the boxes that you wanted to see, you know, you're going to identify that franchise quarterback, you know, you'd go dead silent, too, because you don't want somebody to come up from to, to number one, because we know the Jaguars would love to move back. I love Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, could you remember this last year when we were talking about all this and we're just like, there's no way he's number one pick. And then we just see him keep falling. Like, I mean, I know it's a, I know that I know Dallas is going to get him, but I swear to God, if Dallas got him somehow to where they traded up and did this, I would go streaking in my neighborhood. Like, it, it would just be, it would be the most, because ex- I, I just feel like he's a, his upside of ceiling is so, so impressive. And with his odds, even at 275, I mean, I think this is a pick for, I think this is where he uh, Hutchinson goes just based on you, the Detroit thing. I, I think that's a real thing, Michigan kind of being there. But Thibodeau is so damn talented, man. It's crazy to me to see his draft stock the way it has. There's there's also a world in which Detroit thinks that the Jaguars are actually taking Aiden and they already made up their mind that they're taking Kayvon. And then I don't know where Hutchinson goes because I think we're about to talk about Houston and where that yeah. kind of seems to be leading. Uh, so Ke- Kevin, Wani, that's a good segue, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, what's crazy about this draft is there's there's no consensus, and so it gets crazy with these odds. They're all over the place. And so when you look at the, at the pick number three with Houston, Stingley's at 270 plus 275. Um, Equanity's at plus 330, and Thibodeau's at plus 400. And you would have to imagine every single one of those guys is in play here because Houston needs everybody. And so when you're looking at the board, it'll be interesting. I think Stingley at this spot, I, th- I feel like those odds are a little high, right? Like, I, I wouldn't, I like Stingley, but is he going to go three? Could I? I mean, we know going back to 2019. If he if he yeah. turned out three years of 2019 tape, the way that he played that year before he got hurt, he could. We could be talking about him being the number one pick in this draft because he was that good, that quick. And so I look at it again as you know, I've I've mocked tackle to this spot, but that goes back to the jag the conversation about the Jaguars are taking Tunsil. He did he, they restructured his contract. He's pretty well in, and so that goes back to: Are you going to use a premium pick when you've got pass rushers and corners on the board on a right tackle? Probably not. Not the way that teams want to structure themselves because they're really looking for those cornerstone pieces early and right tackle doesn't fall into there and yeah if you think that stingley is the 2019 guy that is going to be a shutdown cornerback and the other thing too i don't know i think we're all fine with whatever character concerns in heavy quotations are on cave on thibodeau but you know it's it's there's so much rebuilding going on in houston and resetting the tone there that I don't know if that's the type of thing they just don't want to mess with that. And that's kind of where they're thinking going with Stingley, but it, I don't blame him. You know, we were kind of waiting to see if that recovery had happened. And then he had his pro day. He ripped the the four, three, nine, whatever it was 40. And I think that that checked a lot of boxes. That was the final hurdle that teams were waiting to see and return him to an elite prospect in this class. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning on, Stingley here, but I still think so. I, I've heard a lot about their interest in Aquanu and Tunsil did restructure, and that does throw a wrench in it. But they don't really have a right tackle. I think that they're comfortable with. I believe Titus Howard played a little bit of right tackle last year, but some of his best film was actually a guard. And honestly, if Aquanu doesn't get accustomed to the right side, you can toss him at left guard while he works on his right tackle stuff uh, in, in preparation. I think you're taking a futures pick here either way. Like we know the Texans, the Texans should be the odds on favorite for the number one overall pick next year. They actually are not, but uh, we fully expect that to be that they'll be picking top three again next year. So this is a futures pick. And that brings me back to Stingley because say he is still, you know, he's still kind of recovering from the injury. You know, you want to give him some rest. You've got that flexibility if you're the Texans because you don't need to rush him onto the field. You have a fifth-year option now for him. 
And if you think that he is a shutdown corner in a, a draft where we're going to get into the props for the wide receivers here in a little bit, as long as we speed up uh, and, and uh, there are going to be a lot of receivers that come off the board. And so teams are going to be counteracting that. I expect a lot of corners to come off the board as well. I think Houston would be smart to do that, especially in that division where there aren't great receivers. They would have the advantage at this point. No offense to AJ Brown, because he's going to be a Cleveland Browns player in a couple of days. But uh, okay, whoa, okay, all right. So the one thing I will say about Houston, okay, when I'm thinking about Houston and where he's coming from, like you talked about the Jaguars, they set themselves up in this draft to really kind of reshape the franchise. They have, and I think it's going to be defense, right? Like, or that offensive line. But they're going to stack those players there, and they could really rebuild. And I think they did a good job with the Watson thing. Hey, get rid of them, get the draft capital you need, and in a class that I think is pretty strong at the offensive defensive line, you could really do this, or you go after Stingley. Um, and I and I like those things. Now let's go to the Jets. So we can kind of move on a little bit. You know, again, it's just so predicent on what, what happens before this. But Kayvon Thibodeau is at plus 175. Jermaine Johnson now, he's going to pop in there at plus 300. Um, Equanu is at plus 450. And then Ahmad Gardner is at plus 450 there for the Jets. This is the first of, of two picks for the Jets, unless they trade their 10th the, for Debo, which is still out there. We haven't heard much about it, but it's still out there. Where do you think they're going with this one, Christian? I've been on this for months now. I think the pick's Jermaine Johnson. And I, and I think that even if Thibodeau is sitting there, I think the pick's Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson does everything that Sala would like. I know that they've brought Thibodeau in the building and they're trying to get comfortable with him. But I also think that now I, I think Thibodeau fits in the New York market. I think he's the perfect player for them. But I also think that Jermaine Johnson's motor is something – I'm not saying Thibodeau doesn't have a good motor by any means, because I think that those arguments are stupid, but Jermaine Johnson's motor is very, very apparent. And I actually think he's stronger against the run and being in that division, that is important. You know, you're going against Miami and new England who like to be run first. New England has to be because they don't have a quarterback. So, you know, I think Jermaine Johnson kind of fits the solid mold for, for edge rusher. And I'm, I'm just going to stick to that because you know what? I called that in like February and, you know, I just want to be right. You know, sometimes you just want to be right. Now, I think Christian's got this one cold. I do think it's going to be Jermaine Johnson. Um, I, I, saw something from one of the beat reporters today that basically they were kind of they're off Thibodeau and I know Sal is a guy that he runs kind of hot and so I could see him just not really wanting to mess with the potentially conflicting you know personalities there with Thibodeau both kind of they seem like they, the types that would get into it with each other a little bit and I could see him just not even going in that direction yeah, I don't I don't have much to add to this one. I, I, I think so, too. I think you think with Saul is real. I think it, when he's out on a guy, he's out. I don't think they reach on Gardner at this point. I, I just don't. I see it. They need it. They need that guy there. If Thibodeau's off the board, uh, let's go to the the Giants. We have to unfortunately talk about them a couple of times here. Uh, pick number five, Quanu plus 175. Charles Cross is now in there at plus 250. Amal Gardner at plus 380. And then Evan Neal at plus 380. I, I feel like this pick has to be an offensive lineman. Like I, I don't, I don't see how they don't go offensive line here. So now it's basically who are you going to take? So if we, if we didn't take an offensive lineman at this point, uh, depending on the kind of how the draft falls, I, I feel like you know I, I saw a recent mock from from the beat writers of Giants. They had Cross there, who I think is an interesting play because I think he can play when we when he talked about it, instead of being versatile. Obviously, we see him at six four three hundred seven. He can go kind of that right tackle spot if they need to. Um, I think that would be an interesting. I'd probably uh, lean Cross. I know Laquanu is good, but it really, it's going to be either one of these guys who was ever as higher on their board, in my opinion. Neil Falling is the weird one for me. Like, remember they were talking about him being the one hundred one in February. Yeah, and and I. I think it was either um, it might have been the audible that I, I think it was the guys in the audible talking about um, if Iquanu's uh, personality was in Evan Neal's body, then um, he would be <laughs> probably the, the clear number one offensive lineman in this class. And so I think that you've got a little bit of conflicting styles there. Um, it crosses interesting to me because he's only, I believe he's only been left tackle. And I know that Iquanu and Neal have both 
played the right side and mm. played inside at, in portions of their college careers. And I think I thought Cross came in as a freshman and, and went straight to starting at left tackle. So he hasn't even been on that right side. And I think that Andrew Thomas has shown enough that you want him as your left tackle. You don't want to have to flip him over sides. And so I think if a on the board, he's going to be the pick. Uh, and, but yeah, it goes back to, uh, I think they, you're exactly right. They have to go off with offensive line here. I have the counter argument to that though. So Wink Martindale's system needs a strong press corner, uh, at least one that they can toss on, on one side. If they feel like they can't get that, uh, maybe at seven, not that the Panthers are taking them, but in my scenario, you know, I think the Giants are trading out of seven. I think they're going to look to move back, acquire some assets, kind of uh, insulate the 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 situation with Daniel Jones, right? Because you don't know, you need 2023 20, picks and you need that uh, ability to move up next year. So you feel comfortable taking sauce there, moving back in my scenario to 20, and then you still have the draft capital to go back up and get the tackle that you want. So I think this really comes down to how they feel about guys like Trevor Penning and that, that next tier of tackle, uh, whether it's Bernard Raymond, Tyler Smith even has been thrown in there in, in first round conversations. So I think that that could be why they go sauce first and then come back up. Because I do think that the, the, not that's not my opinion, but I think that teams feel that there's a tear break after sauce at the corner position, whereas some of these tackles are kind of close. Yeah, but I think that's kind of bullshit with the cornerback position because I think there's some cornerbacks that are very good in that late round, guys, that you could you could do that with. Like, I just don't see how you can – I don't know. Like, I, it's hard for me to think of, like, can the Giants keep punting the offensive line position and then just hope that they hit on a guy like Penning later? You know what I mean? Like, why not just take the guy at five? I mean, I see your scenario. I think they're going to trade out a seven, too. Like, but for me personally, I would trade out a seven, go and get a corner later. Um, one of these guys that maybe they like uh, there. Because I, I know I read something that they don't want to pay two top ten picks. So if that's the case, then they're going to have to trade out if they can. So, but that does kind of raise interesting scenarios. So, so stay, we're running through here. Say we've got Walker at one, Hutchinson at two. Stingley goes off the board at three. Then you've got. Jermaine Johnson going off at four all of a sudden the pressure's there okay we've already seen Stingley gone so we have to take Gardner at five yeah. because you, you know war it could go the other way if the Texans go O-line they could be saying to themselves well there's a big drop off if we move back because now the offensive linemen are starting to go and I think that really illustrates how this top 10 it, it is Outside of the edge rush, I think the edge rushers are kind of they're going to land in certain spots and and it might move around the bodies, but you're really looking at domino effects here between yes. corners, between the offensive linemen, and kind of quarterback too. Where you know if if the team that wants to go sees the guy go off the board, they're going to be pressured to grab the other guy. And so, yeah, this could really come down to if Stingley goes number three, the Giants think they have to grab Sauce at five, then they move back from seven. But then you're in a scenario where, um, you know, we can get into it with the next pick. Uh, but if I think if the next pick, so Carolina, I think, would probably really want Iquanu if he's on the board, but they might be willing to entertain a move back if they've decided that Kenny Pickett's going to be their guy and a team like Philadelphia wants to come up to number six to go get that pick to get Thibodeau. Then all of a sudden you've got all the offensive linemen cascading down. And so the Giants are able to, to flip that pick for Willis at seven, then go back up and get aggressive and get one of the top tier offensive tackles. So crazy. Just call it in. Jeff already figured it out. Look at that. He just he, he just went through everything. <laughs> call it in. Call it in. Yeah. You watch draft day tonight. All right. Yeah. No, I I think it could be. And I think that's but those are how the scenarios of like people, someone's gonna fall in this draft, and that's gonna be why. Because these teams, the fit based on the need is just not gonna be there. And then we're gonna see these say guys go down. Let's talk about Carolina because we have to. Uh, Pickett's at plus 500, Neil's at plus 500, Willis is at plus 800, Cross is 400, and Aquanu's at plus 350. I'm still under the understanding that I feel like if Aquanu is there, they have to take him. Like it, they are so bad that you cannot keep wasting draft capital on quarterbacks like Pickett if that's who they like. 
because it's just they're still just punting the issue down the road to where they're going to need a quarterback. Take a tackle. We've seen this. We saw the Lions do it. Take that long standing. Give me that guy in the that that I can be my left tackle or whatever the case may be uh, for eight years or nine years or ten years. Be that solid foundational piece, and then they'll have to figure it out. Like I think they could trade back. I think that's what they want to do, but I don't know how many teams want to go there. But if if a quantity's on the board, I feel like that's got to be a pick. The big question is going to be if, if Thibodeau's still on the board, because I think if Thibodeau's going to be on the board at this pick, then I think you're going to have teams that are in the teens that are going to start to get very aggressive and go to make okay. that move. And so I think if he's there, I, I think they really want to take Kenny Pickett. And I think that they're worried about the league making fun of them if they take Kenny Pickett at six. That's what I really think. It's it's how far, they back, seem like, how far back would you move? If you're Carolina, where would you where do you feel like you're comfortable moving back if you needed to? I think Philadelphia is probably the name at 15 okay. that would probably be standing out or you know, the interesting one would be Houston. If Houston goes Stingley at three and then they see Thibodeau sitting there at six and they can go from 13 to six and grab Thibodeau and Stingley. And all of a sudden you've put two cornerstone pieces yeah. in that defense that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it could, but I, I, that's what I, but I think they desperately want to get back into that day day two picks and not having any picks in that range. And, and there are some decent offensive linemen, some tackles, if they're just looking for a body there. Um, but I, I do, I think they're, you know, they're going to redo the EJ manual move. I'm telling it right now. It's, it's the, when the bills moved back and they knew that they wouldn't get, couldn't get away with taking EJ manual at their original pick and they took him at 16. I just feel like that's coming down the pipe for the, the Panthers. Yeah. I just think they're going to go tackle Baker Mayfield slash Jimmy Garoppolo. I just, I, I kind of think that they know that e even if they take Pickett, is Pickett going to beat out Darnold? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, Cause I don't think that Pickett really is that guy. I, we know how I feel about these quarterbacks. So I won't know. No, on it you too wouldn't much, damn but... it. Cause I'm a Darnold guy, but no, I get yeah. it. Like I, I, yeah. I think you're right. Like in terms of, uh, in terms of that, where, where, where you're looking at, I, I, Jimmy's a perfect guy for that team just for a year and then just hope that you win eight games or whatever the case may be. Um, all right. I, I don't, I mean, pick seven, we could talk about, but I think we already kind of really went over the giants with that, that pick there. Gardner's at plus two fifty, Stingley's at plus three fifty. cross plus 400 Neil's at plus 500. I want to talk about the Falcons. So Jeff, we basically just put all the wide receivers out here. Garrett Wilson plus 300, Jamison Williams plus 350, Drake London plus 400. I know in your mock you had him getting, was it Garrett or London? I think it was London, right? I am taking London. I probably would go Garrett instead. Um, if okay. I to go again. So supposedly they didn't weren't at London's pro day. And, and I feel like with his injuries, if you're not at his pro day, then I feel like I would have some questions if you're really interested in the guy, because I think you wanted to see him move around. If you'd be willing to take him at eight, it does kind of seem like it, but, but again, this is, if Malik Willis is on the board, I, I just can't get past I feel like Arthur Blank would be running the Michael Vick 2.0 <laughs> scenarios through his mind on on how marketable this guy that grew up in the shadow of Mercedes-Benz Stadium and he'd be able to come in the fan base of the year after getting rid of Matt Ryan and and make him be the face of the franchise. But that's this is kind of the the flux pick where this pick or the next pick if if Willis doesn't go off the board then yeah like where's the floor the floor is at twenty I feel like with the Steelers and and so that's where it, but again you know I think Christian's kind of on there and the Steelers have to be thinking the same thing and I think do think that they are the team that is in love with him and I think that they seven seems like the perfect spot uh, but the the question would be in in this scenario if if one of the corners is still on the board i don't know we know the giants don't want to pay two top 10 picks but if the giants go offensive line one of the elite offensive linemen are sitting here and one of the corners are sitting here are they really going to get enough to move back yeah so i find it interesting that the wide receivers are all the favorites here because I think that they have a lot more needs than just wide yeah. receiver. Now, the wide receiver room sucks, but, Kevin, you kind of made this point a while back. They could take that route that Detroit took last year where they waited and they waited and they waited, and then they got Amon Ross St. Brown, who was like a guy who should have been drafted probably in the second round of last year's draft. And, and so while I don't think that this wide receiver class has as much depth that late, 
Atlanta has some picks. And so I don't know that they go out and they spend a top 10 one on a receiver. And we always think that wide receivers are going to be drafted in the top 10. And then really last year was the first time that it came to fruition. And I don't really know, like I love Drake London. I just don't know if the league is going to like him that much. Uh, and so my, I think Jordan Davis or an edge rusher comes off the board here at eight. Uh, whether if Thibodeau's still sitting there, I mean, they yeah. have to consider that. So, uh, my only so I don't, that's strange, yeah. My, my pushback on that would be just how dominating the storylines have been about wide receivers this offseason. You know, seeing the contracts that have been given to wide receivers, the trades with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, I think that that's shoved wide receiver to the forefront of the mind of, of everybody in the league. And I think we're kind of at a position where it, you want the quarterback and you want the elite wide receiver. And every single offense wants that in the league right now. And Atlanta's telling themselves, we don't have that position filled. We need to fill that position in our offense. And Calvin Ridley is still a Falcon. I don't know. You know, it's, it's uh, maybe if they take a wide receiver here and Kyle Pitts flourishes, this wide receiver hits, then all of a sudden you're walking into, this is, I would expect this is going to be a bad team because I, I just don't, I, they have, they have a decent enough talent, but I don't have any faith in Marcus Mariota really winning you a fair amount of football games. And so, you know, if they're in position next year that they're getting CJ Stroud or Bryce young and adding them into an offense, that's got Garrett Wilson, Kyle Pitts, then all of a sudden Calvin Ridley saying, Hey, you know, maybe it's not so bad here anymore that I've got other guys around me and you've got an offense that immediately can click in with that rookie quarterback next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to talk, but I, we're running out of time. I will just say if Stingley's on the board. I, I, I feel like when we're talking about this with Pickens falling off, like with Pickens kind of, I don't know what's going on with Pickens. My guy needs to get his shit together. Um, if, if maybe that's a pick, maybe they look at that in the second round, maybe he's still there. And then maybe they, they feel comfortable with that if he falls, um, we'll see. I don't know. Pickens is Pickens. Well, do they pick before the Browns? Because the Browns are going to take all the guys with, with issues. So yeah, they Pickens pick will be off. They pick me right oh, okay. before 43 and then 44. It will be when you, uh, when you pick them. Um, yeah. all right, let's go, uh, shoot. Let's yeah, we we got time. Let's go to nine. Okay, so we're looking at we're looking at pick nine. Stingley plus two fifty, Neils plus three fifty, Cross plus five hundred. Uh, with pick nine, I think when we're looking at Seattle, they could really go. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, you know their needs definitely quarterback, tackle, edge, cornerback. Uh, it's interesting not to see a quarterback here, uh, especially if one of those guys drops. I could see that being there. Do we think Seattle takes a quarterback, Christian, or are we just kind of is that just a narrative that we're just trying to? plug in there i truly think that they've got their eyes set it, it, it's a question i would love to ask some of these gms how much do you weigh the next quarterback class when you're evaluating this quarterback class because i think seattle knows that drew lock is not going to lead them to the playoffs and so they're they have extra draft capital now they have the ability to go up and get one of the two that we mentioned or some of the other guys that i like that I have, I have 2023 quarterback takes now, so we, we'll get to that. But uh, but I, I think that they're just going to punt on that this year, see what they have in Drew Locke, or maybe they end up winning the Baker Mayfield sweepstakes, uh, although who's entering? Uh, two teams. Um, but I, maybe they win that. It's a battle between Baker and Drew Locke, and then there's a chance they have a franchise guy sitting there. They're taking two swings in that situation and pretty cheap ones at that, so – in, in terms of what position they take, no clue. Absolutely no idea. I think it just kind of – the first eight picks really determine what Seattle does, which sounds obvious, but more so than the other picks, I guess. Yeah, they they definitely sit in the catbird seat and be able to go best player available. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh... – Let's wrap this thing up with 10, uh, you know, odds right now for the Jets. I feel like they're going wide receiver this pick. Wilson plus 250, Jameson plus 250, Drake plus 300. And let's say they don't, they don't go Debo. I feel like Jameson, this fits him really well, or London, in my opinion. But I like Jameson here. I think, I, I forget what Jeff mocked. I'm pretty sure he had Jameson as well. Christian, are you Jameson guy here or no? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been, I think Jameson's the first wide receiver off the board. And the injury... I know people want to talk about the injury. The injury doesn't matter. 
I, I know that there are super big injury analysts that say it does. It really doesn't. ACLs are a lot different now, and Jamison's way ahead of schedule. There's a chance he plays week one to four, and so you're not even losing half the season. Yeah. He's got game-breaking speed, and Jeff has been on that as well. I, I think we are at Jamison to the Jets show officially. Yeah, I, I I think they're really trading for Debo. I really do. I think this yeah. pick's good one for Debo, um, and that's kind of where I'm sitting. But um, yeah, it is begs the if Jameson Williams goes top ten in the draft, and you know Traylon Burks falls out of the first round, or you know in your rookie drafts, take Jameson Williams over Traylon Burks. Like like don't do this again. Where you know last year where you had Jalen Waddle going six in the draft, and people still took Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore over him. Like, don't, don't do that. Um, go ahead and just take the top 10 guy, even if you don't like his analytical profile. Allow the NFL to tell you that you're wrong and just take the guy that goes in the top 10. Or just be cool like me and select Jamison over Traylon now, like I have been doing. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's let's go to the props. Let's look at the props, uh, some of our favorite props out there. So first wide receiver, wide receiver selected, I think we know Christian's uh, – there Wilson's at minus 110. He's the favorite. Williams at plus 175. London plus 250. And MB Gogs. Um, Alave plus 1800. Burks plus 2000. And Dotson plus 5000. Uh, Jeff, where are you going with this? I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's been my wide receiver one on the board for the last year. And I think that Atlanta is going to take Garrett Wilson. I, I just think there's some similarities to him and what they had in the past. And Calvin Ridley kind of fits their profile, what they want in a wide receiver. Christian I like that. Jameson. Yeah, I'm I'm Jameson, and I and that's not how I have it evaluated. I just think that the NFL uh, is a sucker for speed, and I think that Jameson Wilson has speed, Alave has speed, Burks even has size adjusted speed, but Williams, like we've we've seen that clip now a ton where he just just evaporates angles when he's in the open field, yes. and it's it's scary. It's it, NFL execs are saying it's Tyreek like, so sure. Yeah. Sign me up for that. Okay. I'm going to take Wilson just because he was my wide receiver one, but I think it's either Wilson or Williams. I think he's one of those guys. I don't see the London thing. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Cause I think they fit the schemes better, um, but I'll take Wilson as a favorite. Just, you know, I'm going to stick to my board. Uh, let's go total quarterbacks. I love this prop over two and a half is minus two fifty or under two and a half is plus one ninety. I'll go first. Cause I picked this today in my article for football guys. I said over, I, I just think the need for quarterbacks. I think there's going to be three. I think it's going to be close. I think there's a back end quarterback somewhere in the end of the first where someone tries to get up there and get that fifth year option uh, and, and tries to get somebody. Jeff, where are you going? I'm going to go with, uh, you know, this really comes down to where the Panthers go, but I'm going to go with three because I, I still think that they're going to move back and get Pickett. Then Willis is going to go. And I think you're going to see either Ritter or Howell go probably at 32 if, if a team doesn't come up above 32 to get a guy. Yeah, I would go over. I, I've been on the three train. I think there's an outside shot that there's four. I think, I think the one I left out of my mock is Pickett. I wouldn't be shocked if Pickett fell all the way out of the first. If Carolina doesn't take him, who the hell is taking him? Uh, yep. And so, but there is a chance that some team then moves back up to get him. I think that Ritter is close to a lock for the first round. We've we've been on that for a while. I think we've cooled on that, and the NFL seems to have as well. But yeah, I'm taking at least three in, in the first. Hey, Matt Corral's still around there too. Like, there, I mean, realistically, okay. he was going to the draft. So, I mean, someone might fall in love with him too and just be hiding it. Uh, I think it's over. I think that's a that's a safer bet. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau position over under five and a half, uh, minus one fifteen. I'm going to take the under. I think he's such a talent that he's going to go under that. Jeff, where are you at? I'm going to ride over right now. Um, I, I just think that the the way I don't know. I think it's very easy to get to the situation where he doesn't go top five. It depends on Houston, man, because it's <laughs> if it's Aiden, it's under. And if it's Trayvon, it's over, I think. And this, the, the craziest part is that the odds are the exact same for both of these. So <laughs> I, I would lean over right now. I'm going to play. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to say the Giants can't let him go. All right, let's go. Total wide receivers selecting the first. Over six and a half, which is a very, very big number. Uh, and under is minus 105 for that. So we're at six and a half. So over six and a half, one minus 125, under 105. 
it's going to come down to about seven uh, when I did this. I'm going to let Jeff pick first, and I'm going to decide what I want to do here. I I felt a lot better about the over before we've had like the last 48 hours of every bad yeah. thing that yeah picking that George Pickens has ever done in his life come like, come <laughs> back around it seems like so um yeah but I am still gonna go over I I think it, it just goes back to how dominant the storyline has been around wide receivers this offseason teams wanting to get that fifth year of control and how important they are in, in offenses that's a massive number. I mean, that's a massive no. I don't remember. I don't know that we've had seven receivers taken in the first round in the last 10 years. Um, and so while I think you have a very good point, I I think I lean under six and a half right now, and I think it's six. I think Wilson, Williams, London. I'm, I'm not even sold that Burks is a first-round pick. Um, so, but also I was – a Pickens in the first type of guy, and that seems very unlikely. He might not even be a day two pick at this rate. So, so, so I know this. So, since 2010, the most wide receivers taken was six, and that happened in 2015 and 2020. So, this would be the first time in basically 11, 12 years, essentially, that it would be seven or more. That's the history that we're going with here. I, I I'm going to say over, but it's close. It's like seven or six. I would not put money on this. I didn't write about this for a reason today um, because I was worried about, like, hey, I don't know where it's at. I think it's right at that number, and uh, then that worries me there. But I think Sky Moore, some of these guys might sneak into that first, and that's when you're going to see that bump go up. Um, all right. Those are our props that we like. Let's go to the games. We're gonna we're gonna start there, and of course, me and Jeff tied again. <laughs> yeah. So sportsbook rundown. Uh, Kevin and Jeff tied two, one, and two, and I was one, two, and two. Uh, is this correct, Jeff? Oh, no, yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know. I I missed it okay. today. So <laughs> never we're mind. Gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna we're, call we'll, it. We're gonna call it tie for me, a Christian, because Jeff didn't do it right. Let's 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 do that. That's fair. We'll split. We'll split a chip. It there was a lot that I put in this sheet. Today. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I missed that line. That's okay. So we're gonna do some draft over unders, <laughs> and we're gonna fly through these. So uh, oh, we got we have, we're, we're fine. We're, we're, we'll roll through. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, so the first one that we're gonna do is Jamison Williams, and his over under is set at eleven and a half. I'm going to go under. I, I wrote in my article today. I, I really feel like he's going to go with that 10, 9, 8, somewhere in that range where we're going to see him be the first, maybe first wide receiver, second wide receiver. Jeff? I'll go under as well. Um, yeah, I think you guys nailed it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he goes at 10. So I'm going under here. Malik Willis, 13 and a half. Kevin, what are you taking? <sighs> I got to stick to my guns and say under. I think someone's going to come up and get him. Jeff? I'm going under as well. Yeah, I think that as, as much as I mocked them going to 20 to Pittsburgh, I think that's they go get him. They need a quarterbacks out there, man. They need quarterbacks. I just thought that the NFL needs them, and they're you know what's going to happen. Someone's going to get trigger happy. If Kenny Pickett goes six, these dudes are going to fall over themselves trying to move up to get Malik Willis because they're going to be like, what the hell's going on? I still think there's an outside shot that – the Panthers just take Malik Willis. I don't, I don't know. They they do crazy shit. Uh, Chris Olave, 16 and a half. That's a very, very interesting line because of the teams that pick right there. Kevin, who are you taking? I'm going to say over slightly. Okay, Jeff? I'm going to go under just to cheer for my guy and be a little bit different here. Okay. I'm going to go over because I want him. This is with the heart. I want him with Justin Herbert. I just want oh, I thought to you were going to say Mac Jones. I thought you were going to say Mac Jones. Oh, San yeah, Diego yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, so, yeah, over on that. Brees Hall, 39 and a half. Kevin. Under. Do you think he goes in the first? No. Okay. I think he goes Jeff. to the Jets or the Texans in the beginning of the second. Okay. I'm going to go under two. I really think the Bills are going to get aggressive and move up. And if they don't, then I think that they're going to move back. Um, I could see that being a – they would love to move back, I think, and take Brees Hall. I'm going to go over. Uh, I think it's a Jonathan Taylor situation where the Bills take their guy in the first, 
and then Breeze starts to fall a little bit, and then they come back up and get him slightly after that. So I would be over. happy if they did that. <laughs> Bump up and, just and, a little bit to get in that top 20 and then come back and get Breeze Hall too, and I would be, I don't know, I'd, I'd be running through a wall. You could come hang out with me, run naked through the my 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 uh, neighborhood. Yeah, that would be the most unathletic. We we would get called. Cops would call. They would come fast. It'd be next week's episode coming at you from the prison. (laughs) All right, uh, Sam Howell over under forty five and a half. Kevin, I'm gonna say under. Jeff, Uh, I really like that number, but I'll go over. It's close. There's a lot of teams right there in that area that need that's, a, and that's how I mocked yeah. it. You know, I had the quarterback slipping in that 40, that early 40 range. Watch out because they're they could you could see three guys go off the board right in that range. I think Sam Howell's a first round pick. I'm taking the under. Uh that's a, I know that's a hot take. I'm sorry. Uh Jahan Dotson, 31 and a half. Kevin. Man, I don't know what the hell to do with Jahan. I I think he easily could go into like the late end of the first. That's really. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say over, but barely. I, all that matters is some team is gonna fall in love with him, like the Giants fell in love with Tony, and it's just gonna be ruin my day. That's what's gonna happen. Yep, Jeff. I'm gonna go under. I think he's gonna be a chief. I'm gonna go under. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's gonna be a chief. I'm gonna go over. I think. Um, and. I don't know. Is it, I, I think I mocked him in the 40s, and that felt wrong, and I was like, ah, I don't know where else to put him. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going over. Uh, Trey McBride, 50 and a half, but also the odds on favor to be the first tight end selected. So this is suggesting that no tight ends could be selected in the top 50. Kevin, where are you taking well, the Bears picked twice, you know, and they love their tight ends in this area, but I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to say – Ah, this is so tough because it's so on the money. I hate you, Vegas. Under. I'm, I'm going to keep going with this under train. Jeff? What's the Cowboys picking round two? Okay, don't they even. Um, they, they picked 56. 56. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, you got people out here saying Trey McBride's going to be a first-round pick. I'm just, yeah, this number, 50.5, like, for, for reference there. Um, but I'll go under. I think he still clears it. Man. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go over. I actually don't even think he's the first tight end selected. I've, uh, he's my clear tight end one. I just think that some of these other guys will be bumped up for uh, a little more versatility, I guess. But uh, all right, Desmond Ritter is 30 and a half. Kevin. Under, baby. This is a Ritter show. We got to go under and have faith in our boy. Jeff? I'm going to go over because I you, have you, you <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> uh, 32 to Detroit. So I'm going to stick with it there. That's, That's what fair. they're doing here. That's exactly what they're doing here. I'm going to go under because I think the Titans take him and shock the world because they have Tannehill. That'd be an it interesting was... spot. I like People... that spot. If if yeah. the Titans took ritter and i love that but like people would lose their mind and hey we um we yeah. all we all listen to move the sticks podcast on here uh, like mm-hmm. they talked about the titans being a sneaky pick it happened a few weeks ago on one of the episodes and they were saying that they were trying to pick sneaky spots for a quarterback and i don't know which one it was but they brought up hey titans could be a sneaky spot it, Tannehill did not look good last year and maybe they decide hey let's pick this guy and he has an out after next year yeah so I had them getting Carson Strong in the third because they like their injured guys. So okay, come on, don't we don't need to take shots at Carson Strong tonight? Okay, Nelly. All right, uh, Traylon Burks, twenty three and a half. Kevin, over because he's not gonna pass Cowboys at twenty four. So I'll just go over. <laughs> Jeff, I'll go over as well. Yeah, I just I think the NFL is gonna be lower on this kid. It, it, he doesn't separate. He doesn't do the things that current NFL wide receivers are supposed to do sky more 35 and a half. That's a super low number, baby. I'm stoked to see my boy sky that, that high Kevin, where are you going here? I'm going under. That was my favorite bet in the prop bet article I did today. Like I said, Hey, he's going to go under, there's going to be some team that loves him, falls in love with him in that first round. Um, if he goes by the Packers twice, I would be very shocked or even, even Kansas city or Detroit. I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing him not get picked under 35 and a half. Jeff. He he just feels like a Packer. I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I'm this guy more lover, and maybe that's why 
I had him falling a little bit just because I also don't think seven wide receivers go in the first round. So I, I'm going to go over just to. You're just afraid to get hurt, Christian. It's okay. I am. I am. I really am. It's part of being a Browns fan. Uh, Christian Watson, 39 and a half, Kevin. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the, I'm going to, I would say over cause I don't know anything about Christian Watson in terms of like, I don't, I just don't know. Like I, when you look at him as a prospect, I think he hits some boxes. Teams might just like his athleticism, but is that worth a top 39 pick? Like overall, like in turn that area? I don't think so. I know Jeff had a mocks the Packers, so I know he's going to say under. Yeah, I'll go under. Cause I am. I'm on all on the wide receiver in the first round train. So I'm going to go over. I would be less shocked if Christian Watson was a day three pick than I would if he were a first round pick at this point. Um, I, maybe that's not true. Kenny Pickett, 16 and a half. Uh, over. And a half line. Over. Unless Carolina is stupid. I'm going to go under because I think Carolina is going to trade to 15. <laughs> yeah, that is the number. I'm going to go over because I think Kenny Pickett could fall out of the whole first round and shock the world even though that's something we should have seen coming. All right, that'll do it for our over-under picks for the Sportsbook Rundown. Uh, Hopefully we have an updated number next week. We will yell at the robot. All right, let's uh, let's do some prospect poker. Uh, rules of game are simple. We're gonna toss three cards in the river, and each we're gonna each hold two. As always, we're gonna play poker, and today we're gonna talk about our favorite and least favorite parlays. We're all about money betting today. This is the favorite part of this, uh, and so Christian, what is your favorite parlay that you like? This is a big one, but the the parlay I went with was that these players are all top ten picks: Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Malik Willis, Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, and Ahmad Gardner. The one that I had sneaking in would be Kayvon at nine, but I, I really like that that parlay there. All right, so we've got a six of diamonds, a four of diamonds, and a six of clubs showing right now, and Christian's going to have a three of clubs. So I'm I'm all aboard on the Lions going with the first-round quarterback. If it's not Desmond Ritter, I think it'll be Sam Howell. And so you can get Lions quarterback one, round one for per plus 300 on DraftKings. So that's where I went, and I've got a five of diamonds. All right, so uh, my, my parlay is over two-and-a-half quarterbacks and over five-and-a-half wide receivers select in the first round. So I, I like that because I like the three quarterbacks, and I do think five-and-a-half receivers have been in six because I think six is the number I, I like in that area. Uh, so give me that parlay. So Kevin went risky and went with the best odds. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, our, my least favorite this, uh, this go-round is the Houston Texans only drafting defensive players in the first two rounds. I think they are going to go look at adding to the pass catching room, whether that, or even there's an outside chance they add another running back as well. Uh, And so I I don't like that. I would not bet that. Ooh, Christian's showing two pairs right now, a three of diamonds. So he's got a pair of threes and a pair of sixes. All right, so I've got Hutch first overall pick props. Any props out there with Hutchinson going first overall pick? I'm just I I don't know. I, I feel like he should, but I think that they're going to take Walker because it's the Jaguars. So I appreciate you shit on my article today. Oh, look at you! I, I've, I've <laughs> you know there we go. I got a four of spades, so I've got a two pairs as well, and a little bit better than Christian's two pairs. Fantastic! I need a six, That's... baby. Bring me a six. Bring me a six home. Uh. You know what? The one I didn't like was all drafted in the first round. Trevor Penning, uh, Trent McDuffie, Zion Johnson, and Daxton Hill. Daxton Hill concerns me. I, I've seen a lot of different mocks where he's kind of fallen out of there. Um, I'm going to stay away from this one because who knows? Even Zion Johnson, we've seen fall in some mocks. They're talking about him falling. I would love for the Cowboys to get Zion, but that was the one I would stay away from. No. Ooh, an ace of clubs. So I won this game. All right, so the next game that we play is is uh, – blackjack trivia and the way we play trivia we ask a trivia question when you hit you get it right you get a beneficial outcome you get it wrong you get a non-beneficial outcome and i did look up some questions today so i'm actually a bit prepared so christian's gonna throw a 15 and kevin is gonna flip up a blackjack (laughs) oh i have a 15 so so kevin wins and kevin wins the show because uh, we screwed up on who actually won the first game. So congratulations. Two in a row, baby. Two in a row. (laughs) It is two in a row. 
I, th- right. I think that. Uh, yeah, you know, since it's my FaceTime, I'll talk about a couple of things. One, you know, for the draft spots and, and your tiers, I think we talk about it all the time, and Jeff talks about it all the time. I like to give him credit every once in a while, and he talks about don't don't overhype these landing spots. You know, have your tiers for your rookies, and don't worry. Consensus ADP is not always right. Consensus is usually wrong, and just stick to your board, your own board. I mean, what I would do is have your tiers, look at the landing spots. If they if they shift a little bit, fine. But like Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver one. There's a lot of areas where if, if someone else, Jamison, goes to a team that I like more, I'm probably not going to jump them right away for Garrett Wilson. Just be consensus to your own board. Don't let narratives on Twitter or anything like that kind of shift your narratives for your rookie drafts. Um, and also just some breaking news that we wanted to kind of cover on here. Uh, Melvin Gordon re-signed with the Broncos, and I still say it's by Javante Williams' uh, season. So uh, don't, don't, don't think this is the demise of Javante. I still think he has value there. Um, but those that sold high on him, you might have got some, a lot of there. So uh, you know, this is going to be interesting. It's not going to be the first kind of breaking news that we're going to see. Dynasty is going to shift in the next week, and that's what's fun about the format. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week, and we're going to have like a draft, draft recap, go through it like every other show in the world. Uh, but be on the lookout. We're going to be diving into Debbie rookie stuff again. Uh, but until then, next week on May 3rd, we'll be back at 930 Eastern. I'm Kevin Coleman at Boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.